Hello and welcome to the Fit for Success podcast with your host, me, Archie Gravener. This is the podcast where we delve into the lives of extremely interesting people and combine the worlds of fitness, success and entrepreneurship so you can learn yourself, inspire yourself and empower yourself on your own journey. One thing before this podcast starts that I'd really appreciate is if you get any value from this, if you can share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues and shout us from the rooftops, I appreciate it more than you know. Let's get into it. It's Brian, welcome to the Fit for Success podcast, buddy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Arm. Yeah, of course, man. So, just for the listeners that don't know you, explain who you are. What is it? What is it you do? Um, I've done a lot of things, but I think I'm probably more known for my property side of things. I run quite a large Airbnb business in the UK. I know here in Dubai, and I also help property investors monetize their knowledge, which is kind of my personal focus right now. Um, built the property businesses to a point where I only do an hour a week in those businesses and that's how I like it. Um, so yeah, I'm pr- pretty much the property guy, I guess, as most people would know it in the Airbnb space, but I have my passion projects, which I prefer to do because my energy flows that way. And I think that's the best way to run businesses really. For sure. So I'm interested to know personally because I know you as that property guy as well. Uh, you know, I've had done social media for a long time. Uh, and I've seen the success. I'm interested to know who were you before? Yeah, so um, uh, so I tried to be an athlete um, till I was like 21, then went into, I've had a lot of self-employed entrepreneurial type roles. Um, went to, uh, I had a, a business which I sold, a lead management company which I sold when I was 25. It uh, wasn't muscle melting money, but um, I kind of built it. I used to sell leads to demos with companies and IBAs in the UK and, and um, came out of that. And then I moved here in 2010 to be a financial advisor, commissioned early role. I just got engaged, uh, left my fiance for three months, moved out here on a total punt and made that work and uh, sort of just built from there really. And then I went back to the UK reluctantly. I didn't really want to go, um, but anyway, we ended up where we ended up. And then I managed five car garages with about 130 staff uh, to pretty much running that entire thing for quite for about eight years. But I just felt like I was stuck in a desk job and 70 hours a week, and I, I was getting I was getting paid okay, but I felt like I should have been getting paid a lot more for what I was actually doing from business. And I guess I always just thought like that was probably my only ever job. So I just always felt like I always wanted my freedom and being able to do what I want when I want. And, and I knew I could make something of it. So I went, I was actually getting mentored by Brad Cardone at the time. Um, and he obviously was talking real estate a lot. And then he came to Glasgow and did a conference. So I, I went up there and there was a guy on stage speaking about deal sourcing. And I was like, so you make five grand from literally finding a property and then giving it to someone else. I was like, I can do that. So sure enough, the sort of the brain cells start uh, ticking away and I went home from that and just started looking at the deal source. And that was kind of what I intended to do. But then I thought, if I find this deal and it's worth all that money, I've got to find a way to keep this myself rather than just pass it off to somebody else and have to then constantly find another one. And that was the, kind of the, the birth of the property gig, really. And I, um, I built that very, very quickly and took myself out of a six-figure job and replaced that income very quickly. And, um, and then I had all the hassle and the headaches of what, building a business cooking. I think a lot of people see it as that's amazing, but what they don't see behind the scenes is like they're spinning so many plates because it's moving almost too quick. And, um, and, and I had all that battle going on as well, whilst trying to, on the face of it, be, hey, everything's okay and everything's swimming. So uh, definitely I've, I feel like the last two years I've um, built businesses, burned businesses, and learned a lot of lessons um, and evolved hugely as a, as a person, I think, in the last few years as well. Yeah, sure. I love that because people see that overnight success almost and they don't see the work and the tears and the blush that's gone into it. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we first had our like initial success in our business, I was up at 3am just replying to messages and doing work and like completely stressed and anxious, probably like a relatively unhappy time in my life. Whereas on the outside, I think we'd look at it and go, he's like, it's like, yeah, it's like those people wouldn't be willing to make that trade up that you've made. Or that, that. Yeah, I was saying like 4am up every morning, uh, especially when I had the job. And I had two kids at the time as well that were young. So I was having to do my hustling between four and seven before anyone was awake. 
And then, um, and then I go to work and then I do more on, on a night and I did that for like six months solid. And COVID actually came at a really good time for me because I was still working the job, but it gave me like three months. And that's when I actually launched my mentor in business, but it gave me like three months without having to go into the office and just really focus. And then I came out of that, like, I'm never going back to, to that, to that beat. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people see the social media and the, the surface level. I, I do like to post a bit of the struggle stuff now because I think it, it makes it real and relevant to people. And I think anybody that feigns it's all one way up is obviously full of shit. You can smell it for a while. On me. Uh, there's this, uh, spoke to Justin about it on the last podcast, but there's this like hustle mindset, so not motivational videos and people making a load of money going down the green. So it never, you could just smell that it's not real, right? And I think, especially in the mentoring space and the coaching space, you have to show some level of vulnerability yeah, uh, and show that it's not all like that. Yeah. Because otherwise the, the, the cards that you would get are just going to be people that are expecting it to be sunshine and rainbows, but it's not and not when. Yeah. And then they don't get the results quick. So then that, yeah, I think I, I, I always paint that picture. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I blew, I've blown loads of money. I mean, I, I think I worked out the other day, I've probably blown 2 million quid cash over the last like five years. But luckily I've got these high cash flow businesses so I can swallow. It's not like I've just lost two million quid in one go, but if you had to go, okay, well, I lost 10 grand there. I lost 300 grand in more property development and so on and so forth. You add it all up and you're like, that's like two million quid I've lost. If I just didn't make those decisions, I would have in my bank account now. But I think you need to make those decisions to be probably where I am now. So the trade-off could be that, okay, I've blown two million quid, but had I not, would I actually be where I am now? Because I think you learn so much from the mistakes and the the dark days than you do the success and the pats on the back and the likes and the hey you're smashing it you know, I, I, and um, they're not nice and I think as mentors that's kind of what we've got to do is help people avoid them as much as we can um, but those experiences I think take us take us to that next level yeah definitely the, the def- definition in the dictionary of an entrepreneur and someone that's willing to take more financial risks uh, than than the normal person I probably put shit with some on that one yeah yeah so. You taking those risks, of course you're going to lose some. But then, if you didn't take those risks, you wouldn't win the majority, right? So, it's uh, it's one of those things. Where even the back then, like kick yourself, but also at the same time, if if you weren't willing to take those risks to make decisions, you're not willing to take other ones at eight hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think when you look back at, because I I've had my success, I would say since 2018-19 uh, in terms of money, I would say. But if I had to look back, like. There's so many lessons that I've had, even back to seven-year-old getting thrown in the pool, swimming lens, 6 a.m., swimming lens, 6 p.m., seven days a week. And that for me is the discipline that's been instilled in me to be able to get up at 4 a.m. and do the boring tasks that make the difference in the business that so many are prepared to do. So you either look back at your life and you go, well, that was ingrained in me from that age and I learned that at that age. And and, and all these things go, well, that's actually what's created the success now. It's not that I just went into property and figured it out. I think there's all of this backlog of stuff that got you there. But on the face of the people, like, well, you've already been successful for four years. So, well, not really. I've been building towards that success. But you just don't really know it at the time until you've actually achieved it. And then you reflect on it and you look back. 100%. I think there's a lot of people that have discipline in their lives and in other areas, but maybe not when it comes to entrepreneurship. So if you think about, that's a really silly example, we think about brushing your teeth. People are very disciplined with that. Hopefully no one misses and forgets to brush their teeth. Um, and I think it's finding a way to be disciplined in the areas that we need to be. Yeah. Uh, but what would you say to someone, because obviously you've had that, like you said, someone throwing you in a call, doing legs for an hour every day for seven days a week. You've had that built into you from an early age. What about people that haven't necessarily had that? How, how would you suggest that they would disconnect this feeling for their lives? I think if you have a, because a lot of people say you've got to be motivated to have discipline. I think it's the other way around. If you have discipline, it creates the motivation. Um, I think if you are on a path that you're passionate about and you are building something that you like truly believe in, and it's not just, I, I hate it when people, and, and, you know, I even do it now and, you know, and you, and you should this figure if you do this, but it's the figure that hooks people in, but the figures, focusing on the figures, not going to get you the business and not get you to the figure. You've got to have a much, like I was saying, um, to someone earlier, my, my passion right now is to help 25,000 people 
escape the 70 hour week grinding at the desk job because I hated it so much and it made me depressed. And there are so many people, especially in the UK and the US that are like gonna do this for the rest of their lives. So my mission is to help 25,000 people as quick as I possibly can build their own entrepreneurial journey where they can work from wherever they want, whenever they want, with whoever they want and do whatever they want. And I think with the access to information and online businesses these days, that is more than ever being possible. I can't probably touch 25,000 people. So I reassessed what I was doing. I thought, well, if I can help coaches use the skill sets I'd learned to monetize my property knowledge, and I help them monetize um, their property knowledge, they can then build these coaching programs out of hundreds of thousands of people. And that'll be the ripple effect that I then have from my skill set. That's what drives me right now. That's my inner purpose. I don't think that's worth a hundred thousand a month or 75 K a month. That will naturally come by having that inner purpose. And I think by having that, I am motivated to still get up at 5am every day and still do what I want to do when I don't want to do it in the hard yards. Whereas if I just didn't have that and I thought I wanted a 75K or 100K a month, I probably wouldn't. It just doesn't go hand in hand. So I think you've really got to have like a, a real deep inner core of what you want to achieve and then focus something on that and, and you get to where you want to be eventually. It's not going to be a straight line, obviously. Yeah, for sure. When you have when you have that purpose and then clarity on that purpose, it makes everything a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, because if you, if you don't have that and that question comes off of, you're up for 4 a.m. You're like, what if I find her in this? And yeah. If you don't have an answer, and it's like, oh, tomorrow I'm just going to go back to bed, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that purpose in a wide and peeling back the layers of that unrest is, is super important. Like, we're very much up on uh, what you just said about having that ripple effect. Something that I think about all the time that I'm working with one person. So, for example, with Justin, if it's on the podcast before, do you know that I work with Justin, but it doesn't just affect Justin, it affects Ray, his wife, as well, and then affects uh, his his clients and his, yes. uh, his tenants and stuff. And there's a huge ripple effect. Um, so the way that I always try to look at that is just continue asking that question, why and who, like who, who else is going to And you finally get to like quite a, a deep level answer. Yeah. I think if you get the, I mean, even if you've probably not got the deep level answer figured out right now, it doesn't mean oh, I can't start a business. I'm not going to be successful. I can't create the discipline. You can, like, I wake up now, I don't even set the alarm now. And I'll be over at like quarter to five, 10 to five, almost like clockwork every single day of the week. Doesn't matter where I go to bed late or go to bed, I sink away with that because I've done that for so many years now, it's ingrained it. But even if you haven't got that ingrained in you, if you just set your alarm for like four, five, six weeks and just made sure you didn't hit that snooze button and you got up and it, that's if obviously this serves your life and that's what you want to do, then that would then create that discipline itself. And I think if it's a certain task that you don't like doing, but you know, so it could be booking sales calls or attending sales calls, or it could be, um, you know, some sort of marketing activity. If you just commit to doing it without thinking about the result and just think, I just need to do it. That's all I need to do. After you've done it like four, six weeks, I normally think that then becomes a discipline. And and it's like anything, isn't it? We can quickly drop off these disciplines. I mean, I, I'm a perfect example with my fitness is I was like honest, like super honest, you know, I was, eggs and the perfect diet, chicken, you know, lunch and, and not eating any crap and uh, training sort of four times a week. I was doing all the yoga stretching. I was doing everything and I was in very, very good shape, both physically and mentally. And then I came out, went through obviously my, my divorce and, and a few personal issues. So you start doing things that you haven't been doing, drinking and late nights and sleeping in and things like that. But you keep looking in the mirror and you go, I still look in shape. So it's okay. I've, I've gone for four sessions a week, the three, but I still look okay. And then it's like, you don't realize the effect. But then what I did, and I hadn't done this for ages, I got my partner to take my sort of shots front, back and side the other day. So I'm going to get back into this. And I compared them with my last one. I was like, Jesus Christ, how far have I come? And obviously not in a good way. But I still thought in the mirror, I was, because I was kind of showing up a bit and showing up. And, that. and I think you've got to, not almost like fool yourself. You've got, you've got to track things. And I think that's one thing I've always been very analytical with data and sort of seeing where my progress is going. And obviously the fitness world, it was always like weight or measuring food and things like that and see it, see it how that, that impacts good or bad. And in business and life, I think it's to say even how many date nights you have a month with your partner, you know, and you wonder why people get divorced. Yeah. They go one date that a year, you know, just things like that. And you start seeing, okay, well, 
we did two dead nights last week and my relationships, uh, last month and my relationships were much better. Well, what if we do four this month? Let's put four in and let's just see what, what else happens. How much sex are we having? How, how many arguments are we having? Things like that. And of course, you don't want to like make your life a data-driven science, but the sort of principles, I think, of business can also operate in your life and massively benefit your life as well. 100%. I think one thing I, I do now, and this is something that I probably changed about three months ago, is I plan my life first and then business second. Yeah. Because I think if you plan business first to take up all of your time, it can get incredibly tedious and boring. And it, life does just then feel like this repeatable task. And it shouldn't do it, not that way. You know, if you have relationships, you have good friends or a wife, family, whatever, they should come first. And that almost calls you towards business anyway, I find. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what I do now. So I, keep this a backstory, I went into the Airbnb coaching space in lockdown because I was like, my business is pretty much dead here. I didn't know any of the sport that was coming. So I was like, I've got three months of cash flow before I wiped out. I was like, I need to do something. So I thought I'll coach people. Started to get a lot of revenue through. At the Within 20 months, I've done like 1.5 million in coaching sales. Uh, I had about 270, 280 clients in various different programs. Uh, 16 staff work for me, four set of closers. You know the drill, right? And I fucking hated it by the end because I was like burning my life down. I was doing nothing but one or sales calls or I was having to onboard clients and dealing with refund issues and blah, blah, blah. So my energy obviously came out of that well before the time I actually shut it down. And you could see that in the, in the financial result. That was because that business was built by default, not by design. I allowed that business to build it like, itself just based on, well, they're doing that. So I need to do that. So, so. so then I've kind of rebirthed my coaching business. I'm earning similar sort of money, but I've done it by design. So I'm like, I will only work two hours a day. I'm only going to produce this much content a week. I only got to do this many sales calls and I then have all this time to play golf, do what I want, so on and so forth. And that for me means I'm like in my optimal flow right now and I'm bringing in more money. I'm attracting money and it's like relatively easy. I'm not spending loads of hours coaching, but I've purposely designed the business that way, obviously based on the mistakes that I learned the first time around. And I guess you've either got two ways of looking at this. You can either find out the mistakes yourself, which will potentially like I have, lose two million quid, or you can just pay for help to avoid them. So either way you pay for it. Yeah, they'll hey, you either pay in help or you pay costing mistakes in time. Yeah. And it's like, which one do you want to go? And I always have this conversation. So when I'm now speaking with clients that I want to help, I, I, I basically say like, they're like, well, what's your blueprint? How are we going to do it? And I say, well, I have my blueprint, but my blueprint is not your blueprint. I'll give you the strategies that will help you with the mindset and the motivation. I think you're going to need to get you to that next level. You're, you know, removing the limit and beliefs and all this sort of stuff. But I don't want you to design my business for your life. You've got to figure out how my elements of my business that work for me that I'm going to share will fit into your life. And then by doing that, you'll have a nicer business and ultimately you'll have more longevity. As I said, all I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to teach you how to think better yeah. and give you some options. And I'll help you jam those options out if you're still a bit stuck. And I think that's where I've learned how to become a property investor who went into coaching to actually how to become a very good mentor who actually not only gets results, but builds businesses that are a lot, a lot longer uh, in terms of the clientele, lifetime value, and more upon more enjoyable. Because if you're not having fun doing it, um, you end up hating it. And that's where I am now with my businesses, where I've been. And even the property business, like I loved it at first, but once you've viewed a thousand houses and once you've done however many refurbs and dealt with however many builders, refinances and so on, it gets very boring. It's very monotonous, that business. And I always found that every time I went in back in that business to scale it, I was like, almost like my energy was, I was swimming against the tide and I felt like, do I have to go to the office today? Do I have to do this? Do I have to? And, and then the results kind of echoed my feelings. So what I did like two years ago was I kind of accept that I love coaching and I don't like property, but I need property for my generational wealth. I'm clearly like onto something that's very lucrative and also long-term sustainable for not only me, but my family and my kids, kids and all that sort of stuff. So I've got to keep doing that, but I don't like doing that, but I do, and I do really enjoy doing this. So I kind of figured this way of, well, I'm not sure loads of money here doing what I enjoy, but I can pump it back in here and continue to grow that. I just need good people in this place so I'm not getting dragged in. So I brought my brother and my dad into the business. 
who I can trust a million percent with the money. Cause I've, again, coming back to my expense, I've had people in the business before who I trusted, wrote me, so and so forth. You don't need to go down that route. Um, so now I'm in this place where they look after that side and I just really show up like one, two hours a week. We have management meeting, look at accounts, things like that. And that allows me to then focus on my passion projects. But the passion projects actually now end up funding the property projects. So it's like this ecosystem that's in my, in my magical and, and like I'm in full flow at the minute, which I think really helps the results as well. Yeah, that's great. I think to sum up what you were saying there is you can't grow into pain. Because if something feels painful, your brain is immediately going to shut off from it and you start feeling less effort. Yep. Stop stop showing up to yourself, you know, you snooze that alarm once and then all of a sudden the results don't come. Um, and, and that's something that I see from a, a lot of entrepreneurs is that they're building a business that's decaying. Yikes. And if you build a business at eight, it's not going to grow to where you want, want it to get to. So going down the route of finding that passion, finding purpose, finding your why is, is an absolute game changer. And also designing the life to be a life that you want to live um, where possible. Yeah. I think anyone can create a multiple six-figure business. Mm-hmm. Like anyone. But whether you enjoy doing it or not is the difference between whether it goes from multiple six to seven or eight. Yeah. And, and, and that is one thing I've learned from myself and one thing I've seen many, many times over coaching so many clients. Um, because also I think people think like strategy is going to get them there. But if it was information, if on this planet would be really dead. Like YouTube has got everything you possibly need to get to build any type of business that you want. And there's a big difference to why some people get success and some people don't. It's all down the way to, and, and like removing limiting beliefs. And um, so just before I came in here, I said one of my uh, students sent me a, a voice note and said, I've got three sales calls later on and he's just fresh in the game. And he's like, so, you know, I'll probably not close them. Yeah. I'm like, listen, mate. If you go into those sales calls with that fucking attitude, you're never going to close them. Like, this is what you've done. You've got to be proud of what you've done. And, and again, that's, that's not strategy. That's changing his mindset. So he now goes into those calls and closes those deal. That's the difference. I could give him a sales script to follow or I can give him this and the other, which they've got. But if they just read it and they don't believe it in themselves, they're never going to get anything out of it. And I think the difference between, between probably, you know, the likes of us versus 98% of the population is we are probably always leveling our mindset up and we're willing to go that extra mile to say, okay, I need to change as a, a human. There's no doubt that I outgrew my ex-wife and that's why she's not waiting to the boss. Like there's obviously many other reasons, but I, I, from day we, we met quite yearly, each decade I've changed yeah. and I don't think she has. So I outgrew and that's just, I think that's who it is. And I think as an entrepreneur, you've got to face that in the mirror and go, I'm willing to leave that behind for me to get to there because I'm going there and they're not on part of that journey. And that's a tough decision to make, especially when it's so close and got kids and things like that. But the other option is I live a miserable life for the next 40, 50 years, not fulfill what I want to do for the sake of staying somewhere. And so many people do that. Yeah. And um, I think I want to try and just help as many people become the next best version of themselves if they're willing to do it. The problem is there's only 2% of the world I think they're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And the majority aren't, and that's that's just the way it is. I guess that's great for us though, because it means less competition. Heard the hundred percent, me hundred percent. I think, yeah, too too many people kind of want to be that person, and and like we're saying at start of podcast, don't really realise what's going in into it, and it kind of feels like a nice idea. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, it's there's a reason there's only two percent that are willing to do work, right? Yeah, yeah. I think also a lot of people. I have this thing called like surface level and core levels, so. On the surface, everyone says, I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this. I want to do that. But really there's nothing in their core that's actually driving them to get to that, to that level. And I think if you actually speak to anybody that's had any sort of success, like becoming a millionaire, whatever, like it's, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up the bit. And, and I was, if you listen to any of my earlier podcasts, I was like taking over the world. I was on this property, get out of 5,000 units. I'm going to sell out for multi millions and all it. And then when I, the last few years been through what I've been doing personally, I kind of realized the difference between earning like 50 or 100K a month and probably even a million a month, your life's not going to change that much. Like, yeah, you might fly a few more private jets, so you might do this, but you know, day to day, your life, you're going to drive a nice car, you're going to live in a nice place, your kid's going to go to private school. So then you go... To get to that more than that level, you are going to have to sacrifice your life. You're going to have to exchange more time for money. You're going to have to deal with more headaches and more problems and more stress. So it's like, again, coming back to that life design, 
you can still have a incredible life with a lot of money and earn seven figures, eight figures if you want, but you, you're going to have to figure out at what point do you, does the, if you're focusing on the money, you're not going to get there. And I think everyone has it like, they, say you're Richard Branson's and you're Elon Musk's, their inner purpose isn't billions. Their inner purpose is like serving the great, the great, not most perfect example. He wants to put us all on the boot. He genuinely, passionately, to his absolute core, believes in that. And that's what drives him on a daily basis, not billions. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I think people have to get, to get right is find your inner core purpose and then the rest will take care of itself. If you're just on this surface level going, I want to be a billionaire. I want to drive the Lamborghinis and I want to do this, but you don't really know why. It just won't up. Yeah, definitely, mate. And just take it back to someone you said to send to the start at that point. I'm like 50 and 100 grand a month. There's not much difference. There was actually a study done because done quite a long time ago. So the numbers are probably changed due to inflation uh, called the happiness stuff. Yeah. And it basically showed when happiness just stays the same after a period of uh, period of time. So I think it was done in the US on uh, households and in like 10K and a 20K and a 30K and 40K. And up until the point of, at the time it was done, I believe it's 75,000, happiness was on its way up. After 75,000 per year, it then just bottomed out. Like happiness stayed the same, whether you earn 75 grand a month, a million uh, a year, million pound a year, two million pound a year, it just stayed the same. And I think I could be very guilty of this as well, was like looking at the next goal and going, I'm gonna be happier when this happens or this happens and this happens. When in reality, the question that we should be asking ourselves is, well, what do I actually want this business to bring? Yeah. That answer is probably joy, happiness, fulfillment, time, freedom, whatever that might be. And so we can look at ourselves and go, actually, I can probably do this on a lot less money than I need to. Yeah. Um, so I'll ask you that question, actually. What, what do you want your business to, to bring to your life? So I think um, I, for me, it's freedom and travel. And I and just never to have to worry about any, any sort of stress or, or, or financial problems, but not just me, like my family as well. It was my parents getting older. Um, I, I, I like to support them and, and made that move over the last four years since, since being successful. I managed to retire my mum out of her job within year, I think two or one and a half in the property business. Um, so that's a great thing to do as a, as a son who's obviously been brought up by them for many, many years. But I, for me now, it's just having enough to not have to worry but build, um, just keep building and, and keep doing the things I like to do. I mean, I think to like nine, 10 all days last year, uh, went to some amazing places. Um, and I don't want to be thinking oh, that's a bit too much job, but I mean, just circling back. So I definitely, but like at one point I had 450 Airbnbs. My phone never stopped. And I had layers of my, I had like 70 staff and I just, it never stopped. And the money was coming in and it was, the, the money, as I said, the money just made me, it, it, I wasn't happy. I was like, I hate this. And um, I've kind of reassessed everything. And now I think you can still have, you can still have the freedom money without the hassle if you do it correctly. And I think that's, that's probably what drives me now is that I always look at, okay, so if I want to earn an extra, say 50K a month, what's the impact on that? Like, do I have to give them more time? And then if it's a, a yes, I go, right, do I want to do that? And I think you change well in your faces, right? I could go, like, right now, I'm like 25 clients, intermediate coaching, like retreat-based, and I just love that idea. I can earn, you know, post seven figures doing that. I'm happy. I've got my property gig going on. That's how they leverage. Great. But I might get that 25 and go, do you know what? I might just wake up one day and go, I feel like I want to do another 25 people because I'm loving this. I'm a message to sit there and I feel like it's a bit easier. So I might then go, I'm going to take another 25. I might open a group program or whatever. And I've done all that in the past. But I think the lessons I learned last time was like, I was letting that business evolve just purely based on chasing more and more money and not even thinking of the consequences to my life. Whereas this time it's very much life comes first. And then it's like, is the financial additions worth sacrificing that part of your life? Um, Mind you, the, the way the rents go to Dubai, I think sometimes we have to keep <laughs> keep pushing that side. But uh, it's, um, yeah, I think you've just got to really do a lot of deep soul searching before you, um, before you go. But I think it's easy to say, it's easy to say that once you've built something, it's like people go, oh, it's easy to say like, 
um, you know, what's the saying? Uh, money doesn't solve all problems. So it fucking does, I'm telling you. So, uh, but definitely we're choosing the other But it also creates its own problem yes. as well. And I think um, just get going and create flow is kind of always my message. Because if you're sub like 10, 20K a month, just get going, get, get some flow, get some sales going, get, get on that path. Then you kind of, um, you know, this very much now sort of thing. Then you monetize the flow. Uh, once you've got to that sort of 20, 30K level, uh, then you start to add friction once you've sold 50, 60, 70K a month because then you've got choices. And that's kind of the typical path that you can take in most businesses. Um, but I think if, if I was to teach anybody anything from day one, start from zero, is just always have this kind of life trade-off. And in the beginning, you ain't going to have to trade more of your life to get to where you want to be. But always just have it in the back of your mind that that's the point where I'm going to maybe start adding friction and start coming back away. Or I'm going to just maybe give more money to somebody else so they can take away that headache and hassle. Um, and I think if you're always building that way, you'll always have a very nice journey. Um, unlike parts of my journey that I've had, which and I'm sure you're all the same, where you just chase, chase, chase. And before you know, you build this beast and then you don't really know how to control the beast. And then it starts taking over you in more ways than one. Yeah. And she's like, when gets to that point and it consumes you, you don't enjoy your life. Still. You know, you can't play that land of golf that we were speaking about before on the podcast or yeah. travel. And that's what life is for, really. It's like we're here for a short amount of time. I can't imagine getting to 80 years old or 90 years old in my deathbed and looking back and all I've done to work. Like the business should be there to support your life. Yeah, in reality, like I'm a very good coach. I love my coaching. I love what I do with the passion. But I'm a person that a human first. And I'm a person the human has needs to actually enjoy life rather than just work all the time. Yeah. And um, I think that's a trap that I see with, with most most business. Owners. I think society brainwashes everyone that way, don't they? Yeah. We're middle five, all the way through to 70. Yeah. Probably 75, 80 these days. Have five good years and then away you go. It's like, what is, there's no... There's no life in that. And I think I, I kind of, that's why I'm on this like purpose to fight. I want to change as many. And I also like probably work with younger people as well, because I feel like you've got the best opportunity to be like, we should be enjoying ourselves from like 30 to well forever, but worst case scenario, you should enjoy your life from like 25 to 50. Then if you had to go to work, if, because you're, you're in your fittest and you're, 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 you're priming your life at that 25 to 50 stage where a lot's happening, marriages, um, second marriage, just that uh, <laughs> babies, uh, you know, everything's going on at that time. But then, if you're tying to a desk 80% of your time, and well, I can't go to my mate's wedding because Dick Ed won't let me have the time off, and, and then what is that all about? But that's the way that society's brainwashed us. Um, but I think now, more than ever, you have the opportunity as an individual listening to this today, who's maybe in a desk job and you know you hate your life, to go, I'm going to change. And you can choose fitness, you can choose property, you can choose coding. What? There's so many things that you could just go on YouTube and learn for six months, commit to it every day, wake up, two hours of research. That's all I did with the property. Mm. Like strategy, right? I went in, 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 I need to law about, law about. It. Then you start testing it and testing it. I mean, even now you could get going in the property space by just becoming an Airbnb co-host. You could earn 20% of the revenue just for helping somebody else manage their property. I know people that are making like ten, twenty thousand dollars a month just doing that. All they have to do is play middle mile. It's like being a social media manager, but for the Airbnb game. And it's like no risk, no set of costs. All you got to do is exchange your time in the beginning. But then once you've got the money coming in, then you can buy a few properties. Then you can start your own cycle. You'll end up earning more, and that's how it then evolves. But so many people are like, "I will time." I'm mm. like. We haven't got the time, but you're time to go to work and not have any life at all. So you've got to sacrifice something, but that's when we come down to this inner purpose. And if if you if you can't find two hours a day to get up early or save two hours of watching Netflix the other night, then really you're all you're gonna live that life and you've got to accept that. But don't get me wrong, I think you love friends, I love friends, probably not that we network so much with now, because I think you know, your network is your net worth, and I do believe that who are very happy doing that. Yeah. And that's cool. And I'm happy with that now. Whereas before I used to be like, why? Like, why don't you want to do that? But now I've evolved as a person. I'm like, do you know what? Everyone's individual. Everyone has their own, like everyone's, I know some people that are like 1200 a month. They're happy as Larry and they've got no stress. And I'm like, how do you even live up 1200? <laughs> I don't like it. But 
each to their own. And I think that's just one thing you've got to respect um, and just live in your own little, I just live in my own bubble though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, on foundational level of society, society needs those people and needs the majority of society. Like no rock being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of the outliers and we view it as like, why how could you want to do that? When in reality, like, yeah, for, for the foundations of our country and, and the world, we need those people to, to continue doing what they're doing yeah. um, and show it up for themselves every day. But what you were just saying there in terms of building, like it's so easy to access wealth now and build a business. That's where I started. I, I was a quantity surveyor for five years. Um, I'm sure you know what quantity yeah, it's like, it does very well. Okay. Uh, so I was a quantity surveyor for five and a half years. I realized from very early on, it's not what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to, to build my own business and work myself and freedom. I started reading things like four hour work week and stuff like that. Um, Which is bullshit. Yeah, it should, it should have said four hour, 400 hours a week. So I started reading things like that and I went into dropshipping. So I'd ended up with a six figure dropshipping business. Yeah. Um, and what I did was I realized that my work that I was doing in the QS was very unproductive, right? So I was in the building for eight hours, but realistically, I was probably actually working, I don't know, two or three of those hours. And the rest of the time, I was like refreshing my emails and scrolling on my social media. So once I figured that out, I put the rest of the time growing the business just like secretly. It's cool to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So like people might think they don't own this just because they're not fighting the shit realistically. I'm sure there's people that, that are working in a factory and it's literally go, 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 and you go, answer all the boss shouting at you. But there's a, also a lot of people that do have time if they make it more efficient. Yeah. Um, because I see, again, this goes to people in North Five, but also as a business owner's Far too many people are so unproductive. Like they they take up. It's something that we were talked about on retreat the other day. Work from like eight a.m. to eight p.m. But I get what I can get done in my three hours. Yeah, right. So I think I think I actually saw this on your Facebook the other day. You you schedule a day very similar to mine where you work like a beast in the morning, yeah. and it just takes the rest of the day up. It looks ideal. Five to seven, job done, yeah. and then ten at the gym till eight, half eight. Have some breakfast. And then I'll do, if I need to, I'll do like, I like copywriting that I do like sitting down and like copy. I think, although a lot of stuff's gone to reels, I think there is power of words still, especially on platforms like Facebook. And um, so if I'm in the mood, I'll, I'll write something. I'm not a batch creator. I'm definitely like in the mood. Um, or I will just be like the A's and my A or whatever. Um, and then I pretty much, that's it really. <laughs> then I'll go play call from you. Yeah. Uh, uh, have lunch with friends or a partner or family. Um, I do have like a couple of days a week where I'm committed to kind of my training for, for my, for my uh, students. But, um, that's, I do that half two in the afternoon only because the time zones. Um, but typically I like to be done by like nine o'clock and I even find now I'm so unproductive past that point. Yeah. Cause I think for years I've done this like morning gig where I just wake up, no one bothers me. I hammer out like two, three hours of work without any phones going, nobody. And I just get, as you say, I probably get eight hours work done in three hours. And then the only thing I do find that I think it's a bit of like, I don't know, imposter syndrome or something, but I feel like sometimes I'm like not doing it, I think, because I've got all this time in the day and I'm just playing golf and I'll do it. And I think it turns out, like, should I be doing more? And <laughs> And you kind of start questioning yourself. And then especially if the results start dropping off, you're like, oh, that's because I'm not doing those hours. But um, I think that's just a wave of business and how it goes. Um, but again, that's another sort of thing I've had to work on with myself is being comfortable relaxing and being comfortable not doing anything, knowing that the stuff I am doing is making a difference and, and is going to get the results that we need. Um, but yeah, I'm 100% more than person. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a, a quote that I love. Uh, work like a lion, not like a cat. And cows, their work and their hunting is grazing on grass all day, 12 hours of the day, and they don't actually get much done. Yeah. A lion goes out for one hour a day, gets their hunger item, yeah. and then and sees the rewards for it. So, let's see, parts of people working like cows, just like picking and, like I say, refreshing emails or trying to make themselves feel busy, when in reality, you should have got that, that work done a lot in a lot shorter time, and then gone and done the things that they like. Yeah, I would have said. I mean, I used to do that. I used to be like, Sneak out my lunchtime, do a viewing uh, or two, then uh, do viewings on the way home. Um, I was, you know, doing stuff in between like any productive work that I needed to do. But I always made sure that I delivered the result there as well. I didn't just totally, you know, fob that off because I knew I had a job to do. Um, but I, I, I think you can build any side hustle on the side if you really want to. I mean, 
I've even tried like getting up at half three in the morning and That's did not ditch it, didn't bit of credit work. Uh, I did, I did commit to it for quite a while, um, just to then get those extra hours in at the beginning. But I did find that Saturdays I would just crash for like two, three hours, just like literally flat out to not see I had my young kids at the time and they wanting attention. And so again, you've got to like balance that productive with your health and your fitness as well and make sure that you get enough sleep and, um, because there's all these people that are like, oh, you only need five hours sleep. And I think for me, I can work optimum at about seven hours. So I tend to go to bed now, nine, 10 o'clock, worst case, and then get up with sort of like on the, almost on the spot, quarter to five, um, drink sort of half a liter of water and just wake myself up, try and, uh, and then just go straight into whatever task. But I think one of the, um, I am a big fan of the morning routine and I think people are saying, oh, I'm a night owl, I think it's total bollocks. That's like saying I'm the fittest at the end of a marathon rather than the beginning. There's no way in the world after a full day of anything that your mind is in its optimum state. So. For me, I think if you can commit to getting up early, you will see massive results, but you've got to make it work for you in, in, in a way that you're in your zone. And I think one of the biggest tricks I've done is I always, the night before, put in my diary what I'm doing when I get up at 5 a.m. And I think about it and I'm like, right, I need to do this, 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 and this. And I'll be honest, like some days when I haven't got anything to do are the difficult days I, I get out of bed because I'll... I wake up and I'm like, well, I don't really have anything to do here. So I might as well just get this a half hour's kit. But I still do try to drag myself out. But I always, if I've got stuff in to do, will jump out of bed. No problem at all. No snooze. No, I wake up and boom, I'm away. Um, and I think there's certain little hacks like that that you can do to, to kind of become a morning person if you're not a morning person. But I would 100%, um, I mean, one of my modules in my program is called the Modern Success Secrets. There's about 25 videos in there. And I talk about the things that I do on the lawn, like trying to put coffee and so on and so forth. I just try to put you in that optimal flow and then crush out two, three hours. And then your business move forward, your life move forward, and then you go and enjoy yourself. And for me, that's a perfect day. I'm with you, man. hundred percent. I've, I've only realized that probably in the last six months. And before that, I was that guy that I was trying to do every hour of every day. It's just, you get the same amount done and you figure it out properly. Yeah. yeah. And you, you work in an optimal state. I uh, just write back at something you said there. Your health and fitness, sleep, rest, recovery, everything else in between, diet, training. How lined up do you see the success of your health and fitness with the success of your business? Um, yeah, like 100%. So again, I have this thing called like the trifecta game. So you need your business, your skill sense, all that sort of stuff on fire to make your money. Um, you need your balance, which is like your, your family, your relationships, uh, your date nights, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then you need your health and fitness. And I always think if you've got all three, I know for me personally, when I've had all three intact, things have flowed and I've made like probably more money than I, I, I could ever want. Whenever one's been off, then um, I've always struggled to an extent. Whenever both have been off, that's what shit's been hitting the fire. Yeah. Um, and I think it's um, so like for the majority of the beginning of last year, end of 2022, I had like two off health and fitness and my balance was like a way off and my business flying at that point. But then Q1 of 2023, my business started to suffer. And that's because those two were off. Right? So I have like dig dive into that and be like, what's going on? And why are we losing this money here? And so on and so forth. So yeah, I think, um, I think health and fitness is massively underrated in business, but it's so, it's, it, it's almost like, and it's like meditation. Whenever I go into meditation um, phases, I seem to be like in a, a much calmer, a, a much easier sort of uh, way to do things. Whereas when I stop doing it, I seem like everything's a struggle. But it's, I seem to, I, I don't know, I, I find it hard because I think with meditation, you don't really see like a, a tangible result, do you? It's not just like you just do it and then you, you might be able to do it for a bit longer. And, but I, you do have these great thoughts and you, and you but I think as, a, as an individual, you should become a, a there's like an aura around you almost. Um, so I think if, if I was to recommend anything, be getting your nutritional point. I think that that fuels a lot, which then allows you that more energy. So even if you do have to crunch out like six or seven hours a day, you can, you know, you can, you can go. Like for me, for example, like after this, I wouldn't normally do anything, but I'm thinking about, I need to record a couple of YouTube videos. So I'm going to pop back to my studio and probably get them done. Even though really I'm good, I like to just go home and go to the gym or, or whatever. Um, but I feel like I've got that energy, even though like you'll know how intense these things can be. And yeah, I, th I think that's something people don't appreciate when you do podcasts and videos. It does weigh you quite a lot, definitely. Um, but if I wasn't fit healthy, 
I wouldn't be able to do that. So it's then like, okay, so I've then given up on two YouTube videos next week. Those two YouTube videos could make me 100K. Yeah. But so it's like, it's all linked in just like these small little ways. Um, but I think again, you've got to kind of either take advice from someone and trust that they're telling you the right thing, or you've got to experience the pain yourself and lose the money because you're not fit and healthy and so on and so forth. Hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're called the optimized entrepreneur, and if you separate those words, we optimize entrepreneurs, and we we see it all the time. New clients coming in. One of the first conversations I'll have is engine that was focus, productivity, and I'm like, I really don't know why my focus isn't good. I really don't know why the business isn't growing. And then we go through the diet, and it's like, right, you haven't McDonald's every day, and you're wondering why you can't actually think properly. Like, if, on a very simple level, if you feed yourself food of whole food, senior ingredients, stuff that actually is made for human consumption, beer. You're going to have better focus and productivity, and the capacity goes from half of what it should be to to one. I did um, so I I did a couple of ultra marathons, um, sort of 2019, 20, 2018, 2020. It was just for COVID, actually. Then the last one I did, and I went vegan for six months, um, not because like any reasons with animals sort of thing. Um, I just I think to be honest, I watched Game Changers, and I saw like the recovery. And I was struggling a bit. And all these athletes are like, I just bounce back. I was just like, because obviously your blood's pumping so much better. Um, I'm sure there's some other scientific reasons, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to give that a go. And I did it. And it was like, people say to me, like, how was it? I'm like, apart from it being a pain in the ass to try and eat out anywhere and, and cook the meals. Uh, but the state, I was doing like half marathons and almost like two, three times a week, no dogs. Like literally, like I could go back out the next day and do another one. Like, I didn't have like those sort of heavy legs and, um, I just found my recovery so much better. But have you ever seen the movie Limitless where they take the pill and everything's so clear? That's the easiest way I can explain being a vegan. <laughs> because your body's just obviously so clean of, of whatever. And, um, I think that for me really like hit home of how important nutrition is. It, I, I'd love to say I, I was still one for that reason, but it's very hard to, I'm quite a fussy eater. Mm. So we go to a restaurant for a meal and I'm trying to get a vegan meal. Uh, it, like, in Newcastle, especially, there's not many vegan options. It might be a bit different over here and in London and places like that. But um, so I kind of came off and, um, but yeah, the, I think your nutrition is, your nutrition is probably bad at going in the gym. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, for sure. For, for the, for the main person, if you're not looking to, yeah. you know, turn into a bodybuilder or, or, or build a huge physique, then your nutrition's the, the starting point because everyone has to eat, right? Yeah. It's just this, the change of changing what you eat. Um, I think with the, the veganism side of things, I'm like far from vegan. I love steak. Me, that's saving next Brentford. What I typically see when someone goes vegan is because they've changed their nutrition so much. Yeah. And they're focusing on getting way more plants in. They're getting more nutrients and just it's a general change and that makes you feel low, low better. So I think for, for any listeners, if you think, okay, that sounds amazing, I'm going to give that a try, you might not necessarily need to jump in two foot or at first. You could just make some changes to it. How and maybe having one being meal a, a, a day, and that's automatically going to mean you need to get more nutrients in it. So that's why I probably I've got OCD. So the minute I decide I want to do something, I go like 150 percent more day. Yeah. But I think that's like served me in terms of success. Right. So like when I discovered the problem, gave that all in like 20 hours, that positive as many viewers as I would do, and so on. So uh, same with like the mentor and stuff. So yeah, I, I've always been like that. Um, that's my personality. But again, I've kind of like worked that out about myself as well. So I, I know when I'm maybe pushing too far on things and I need to go, this is just one of those phases you go through again and you need to pull yourself back. Um, but yeah, you, you're probably 100% right there because I mean, my diet was probably okay before then, but nothing, nothing great. So, yeah, and then just getting all these amazing fresh food yeah, and stuff. And- but I felt it safe. Yeah, it's like the energy levels were off the charts. Even though I was running like 40, 50 miles a week. What what ultramarathons did you do? I did the um uh the one that basically started out at Castle and you run all the way up to Bandra. Um so fifty K or something like that. Um so I did that and I did like obviously great off runs and, and uh all that sort of stuff. So I wasn't actually that good of a runner. I just um I think I had like almost like 15, 16 years I just got to the gym. And I just thought I just want to do something different. So I just started running. I actually found when I was building the business, um, getting on the streets at 5 a.m. in the pitch black. And so I was in the UK at the time, um, with like winter clothes on, hot, on rookie style. The 
I just found that my mind just like went in these like really good thoughts and really good places, which then fueled a lot of the decisions for the business. And I think that's what I really do enjoy about running is just being in your own little world. Whereas when you're in the gym, pump and iron, you get a bit distracted, there's things going on and you've probably got your hip up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I used to go with no airports, no nothing, just amazing in the world and like early water, no one around. And I used to just, it was more for the, I guess, the flow of what was going through my head and the ideas that I, I really enjoyed about it rather than the actual running. Obviously there was the fitness benefits and things like that. Um, but for me, it was probably definitely more inspired to the business side of, well, this seems to be having a good positive impact on this, so I'll keep doing it. Um, I hated the ultra marathon. I will never ever didn't care about it. I saw that other good one, but did I actually, what? I did my ligament. So I went over on my ankle like four weeks before and I, I didn't snap it, but it definitely was, was, it was paid for like two weeks rest, loads of physio. And I was like, I've, I've trained so much for this. I haven't drunk for like 18 months. So I was like, I just want to, I had a time that I wanted to do. Um, and then I had this and then about 19 miles in, it just blew on the Castell beaches and stuff, you see. So um, I, I just blew and I felt this. And then I was just hobbled for the next like, however long, you know, I came off and I was like, I absolutely hate what I like. Like I've never, why have I even done that? Um, but we live and we learned. You could say you're an ultramarathon finisher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm doing my first ultra due. Uh, I did my first marathon in October. I've always been there. Just what you God, yeah, I've never been long distance anything, to be honest. Um, but it's it's like a challenge, isn't it? It's, it's challenging your body and challenging yourself. And um, mine was all over. It was like February the 26th or something. It was in like Northeast Coast. It was, oh, it was the 80s. I'm not at the city. If you want to put yourself in the absolute worst and the worst. But then I know some of my cars have done like the Marathon de Salvos here yeah. and things like that. And I mean, that just sounds like. Yeah, I had some of them on the podcast, the uh, Marathon de Salvos finish. Yeah, Michelle. And it's just sounds horrendous. Yeah. Like really horrendous. Yeah. I mean, you've got a very special type of passion. So we say. Yeah. Oh, that's the concept mindset. Yeah. Like you can train as much as you want, but if, I mean, if you want to, I, I think looking at people like that would be the epitome of, of life and business is like, if you want to be successful in business, it's it's 80% mindset. Yeah. And that's the same with that marathon disciples. Like you can have all the strategy and this and that and the other, but that is you and yourself and pushing it through to the end and summit. Um, and I think that's how you've got to be in business if you want to, if you want to get to those next levels. Yeah. I love that marathon. So just to finish up one last question, uh, what is the one biggest bit of advice that you'd give to an entrepreneur just starting up? Uh, maybe they've just started making money, maybe they're first starting 10 K. What would that in the first Um, go with your flow and what makes you happy versus choosing money or what anyone else is kind of telling you what you should do. Um, and if that means you have to leave people behind or change your circle of friends or, um, you know, your communities that you're hugging around it, then you've got to follow what, what you feel and you're being drawn to and don't let anyone else say you should or shouldn't be doing something. Uh, because I think if you can operate in what I call your optimum flow, you'll get everything that you ever want. If you ever go against that, then you're always going to feel like you're battling against something. Yeah, I love that, man. Thanks so much, Conrad. I'll probably like to have a really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool, son. Cheers, Matt. Uh, take care.